Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 815, Tommy Tucker, WWL. Quick look at the weather. The cold for Christmas is gone. And if you suffered any pipe breakage, I'm sorry, and I hope you get it fixed soon. If not, congratulations. It's going to be cool today. Highs of 58, lows tonight, 36, nowhere near freezing, 44 south. And then uh, we're not going to go much lower than 60 for the low temperatures. Wednesday, highs of 69. Thursday, humidity moves in. Highs of 72 with a 20% chance for showers. Friday could be rainy, a 70% chance for rain then with highs of 70. New Year's Day, New Year's Eve rather, some rain lingering early on, but I think by the evening it should be cleared out. Highs of 72. Then a warm New Year's Day with highs of 74. And Monday, January 3rd, highs of 76, which is knocking on the door of 80. Peter Scharf joins us right now, our friend Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health, New Orleans School of Medicine, a violent holiday in the Crescent City. Peter, um, I got to start it this way. I am so tired of seeing news stories where this politician or that member of a, a crime organization says, enough is enough, this has got to stop, because people have been saying enough is enough, this has got to stop for about 10 years now, and enough is enough, this has got to stop, is not going to change diddly squat. I just had to get that out of my system. Good morning. Your thoughts? Hey, you're absolutely right. You're actually well over 20 years. You know, I th- I'm like you. I flashed back to, uh, you know, uh, April of 1996, you know, uh, when Pennington came in. And there was a real sense of panic and urgency. Uh, we, the year two, in '94, we had 421 murders, and people were. And then the, these four kids got killed in uh, the Louisiana Pizza Kitchen, mm-hmm. and people marched on the city. And uh, there was a real sense of panic and a sense that we had to do something. We can't. It's a guy who's diagnosed with cancer. I can't. We can't. I can't go on like this. I'm not going to live, right? I got to change something. What I don't sense, I absolutely agree with you. There's, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, rhetoric, but is there a realization that we're going the wrong way? 270 murders so far uh, in 2022. That, uh, you know, we're not going to have a city if we don't change something pretty fundamental. And I was thinking this morning, and I think we should dedicate this to Michelle Woodfork, our new uh, interim chief. You know, what fundamental actions can you take to reverse this? I mean, is this inevitable? Uh, are we uh, terminally ill? 
you know, or can we do something? I really hope we can do something, but I think it's got to be uh, very bold, very innovative, very proactive, and very effective. We don't do that. All bets are off. So we paid all of these consultants to come in. It would seem to me that whatever gains were short-lived, they were always destined to be temporary, but you know, you, you keep the numbers and you're the doctor with the stats and all of that. It seems to me we're right back where we were. Well, I, I think they've had a palliative impact, you know, a short-term, uh, you know, pain relief impact. But I don't think it's changed anything fundamental. You know, uh, again, we're approaching 20 murders for the month. That's near the high plateau for the last 24 months. And, um, you know, I think we were maybe over-expecting what they could do, what Fausto, uh, Prochito, and, and the group could do. But uh, we got we got to think out of the box here, you know, and I think we have a new interim chief, and hopefully she's going to think, uh, Michelle, think out of the box. You know, we're, we're, whatever we've done has not had a fundamental impact on violence in the city. We're number one in the United States. People don't get that. Number one in the United States. That takes some doing. Uh, and how how do we reverse it? And again, the, you know, we look tactically at this program, that program, but we're not looking at fundamentally what is off. What are we doing wrong? What can we change? But that's, I think, what we've got to start talking about. And it's, uh, or else we're going to be here forever. I tell you what should get people's attention is this comedian that got murdered, Brandon Boogie B. Montrell, outside of Rouse's. That was a stray bullet that struck him, right? Apparently, right. You know, I think the investigators are still doing their thing. That's the Rouse's where my wife and I shop. Yep. You know, this comes That's this the heart really of the CBD. That's... Right. And, uh, you know, it really, uh, if that isn't a wake-up call and the, the murders of the kids in the Ninth Ward, what will be? What will wake us up? You know, and I think you're right. You know, we keep waiting to be woken up. Now we're waiting for action. Somebody's come in with a plan, and out of those meetings we had in 96 came the Pennington plan. You know, it was district by district, objective by objective plan. We don't have anything like that. We don't know how we're going to dig out. You know, we, can't, we look at light solutions, you know, politically attractive solutions, but we're not. We don't have. A, we're not into a fundamental plan that'll work. You know, I think. And I think. You know, we've got to hold everybody accountable. Uh, police department, and city, city council, everybody. Where and you and I have been asking this for a year, two years now. Where's the plan to reverse our fortune? I will take a break. I want to hear from the audience at five zero four two six zero. One eight seventy on the Oakland Heart Jeweler Talk and Text Line. What's your answer? Because you know, again, everybody says enough is enough. This cannot be. We've got to change this. We can't accept this. Somebody texted in and said to apply a political statement. If the it's the culture is stupid, the crime you're experiencing is a community issue. The culture exists throughout the socioeconomic specimen from the east middle class to center city. The criminal element exists. There's a culture living in our society that is allowed to exist due to political will. That culture is where their criminal element comes from. You're not going to change the culture until you demand that the culture change their ways. 
Every excuse in the world is given for their existence and the reason they keep committing crime. The only thing I would tell you is that um, whoever texted this in, it's about 400 people that are causing the problem. So we'll talk to Peter about that text when we come back. And whatever else you text in, 822 Traffic Now, WWL. 827 and a half, Tommy Tucker, WWL, back with Dr. Peter Scharf. We take a deep dive into crime every Tuesday morning. Adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health, New Orleans School of Medicine. Peter, somebody texted in about a culture and going from New Orleans East to Mid-City, adding in that you can make the programs available. If the teenagers don't use them or stick to them, uh, then it's not going to work. But how do you how do you uh, reconcile culture with the fact that we maybe we know that it might be what four hundred people causing the problems? Well, you know that four hundred thing is, is pretty tricky. Uh, one is who are they? Second of all, that four hundred group is the least likely to want treatment or prevention, right? So go in there, you know, a group of kids hanging on the street corner, and say, hey, I want to, I want to offer you this program to keep you from going to jail the rest of your life. They're going to go, yeah, I don't want to say on, on the radio mm-hmm. what they'd say. You know, and uh, they're a tough group to identify and an even tougher group to reach to treat. And I've tried this for my whole career, by the way, and been cussed out many a day. You know, and it's, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's fine to say that. But then we need operational programs that are fit. My friend Prez and I were trying to find programs that actually work with that hardcore group and, uh, and you know, will take and be sustained. You know, and it's tough. It is very difficult to do that. Few people have been successful. And, again, can you treat the core, the 400, if you want to call it that, the culture of violence, what Wolfgang calls it, uh, if you don't treat the whole, so if you have a, a, a pattern of drug dealing and crime and culture, as the uh, caller said, you know, can you be effective in treating a subset of a subset of that group? And, uh, and I'm, I'm a little bit more of a fan of going for a broader circle to keep people from joining that 400 or the culture of violence. And that, again, is very tricky. It's, it's very good to say that. But we, we're looking for solutions. I'm not being negative. It's uh, we got to find something and really look at it analytically as you're doing and say, how do we get this hardcore group? And how do you get people from joining that group? And how, what are the alternatives other than prison for life for some of those individuals? This, and we got we got we got we need a new paradigm, a new way of thinking about and, this. And, and you got to be consistent, and you got to keep doing it. We'll pick it up here. We we'll come back. Also, talk about some of the things that Interim Superintendent Michelle Woodfork can do. I noticed something. Uh, I was watching a special about the halftime of the Super Bowl last year, about kids reaching their dreams, and I think it goes to our problem we have in society. And I'll address it after the news. Right now, it's time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. 8.40, till 9, Tommy Tucker, WWL, back with Peter Scharf talking about tri- crime. So after spending the night at the airport uh, last night, or night before last, I knew I had to get up or I wouldn't be able to sleep. Anyway, I, I'm watching this thing on cable, the show, and it's about the Super Bowl halftime show last year featuring Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, 50 Cent. And it's about the production of the show, and then afterward they're all patting each other on the back, and, and, and one of them says it's about kids realize and never give up on your dreams. 
And I took that wrong, and here's why, Peter Scharf, Dr. Peter Scharf. Uh, I love it. An adjunct professor and criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine, because I think the message that is out there for some people in the community is it's either death or you're a filthy rich rap star or athlete, and there's nothing in between. And I think somehow we've set that up as that's what dreams should be, when in fact there's a hell of a lot of living that 99% of the population does that is in between that, that, in, that involves going to work, maybe getting married, having some kids, taking a vacation here or there, owning a home, those kind of things. I think sometimes that message gets lost. Do you think I'm, I'm uh, preaching at windmills here, or what do you think? Well, there's empirical research backing up what you're saying. The kids who get the most trouble have the most exaggerated aspirations, you know. And it's not uh, real. And to sell them that is crap to begin with. You are setting them up to fail if you do that. Right. You know, I mean, you're not going to be Drew Brees' kid. And, uh, you know, and getting realistic aspirations that uh, are livable, you know, and I think we've done I agree with you, basically. We've done a disservice to lots of kids by uh, sort of degrading uh, realistic goals, you know. And, uh, again, we've got to get mentors out there who are going to say, okay, kid, these are some real-world options where you can have a great life and raise your own family, and, uh, you know, but you've got to approach it in a certain way. But, uh, you know, maybe you're going to become a rock star or an NFL quarterback, but probably not. It would be the no, same, Peter, that, to me. It would be tantamount as teaching every kid in school, look, all you got to do is buy a lottery ticket and hope and everything's going to be fine. Am I wrong? No, no, no. I used to give what are called TATs, thematic apperception tests, to juvenile delinquents. And they'd see a picture of an athlete. Oh, he's just going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, the the best answer is called NH to that uh, that inkblot test or to the picture is uh, I'm going to throw the best pass I can uh, I'm going to improve from last time and I hope it gets to uh, I get a completion out of it and and that that kind of realistic goal setting is absolutely critical uh, for for kids on the edge. And instead of uh, pie-in-the-sky kind of fantasy life. Or you may you as know, well be and, dead, and, right? You may as well be right. dead. Right, got you, good. And the dope, the dope dealers love fantasies. Sure. They really do. That's you know, what they the, sell. Uh, right, fantasies, exactly. And you're going to be rich beyond your dreams. You have all the money you want, all the girls you want, but it's not going to happen. You know, so we've got and there's a whole art form to reclaiming this generation. Right now, 270 murders, we are out of control. And a lot of uh, the kids are getting the dope life. They become victims of that uh, fantasy life. And we've got to turn that one around. They are gasoline that is burned up in the production of wealth for whomever it is. It's at the top of this or the people that distribute the drugs, and they don't realize that. They, they need to understand or somehow, and, and I think, in all fairness, some of them maybe because of the way they were brought up don't even know what normal is. They can't even envision it. So I think the first thing you have to do is explain to them what, quote, normal is in terms of living a stable life in a nice setting 
with a decent job, right? And and maybe they can't even understand that at the time because of what they're being raised in. Right, and and uh, again, you know, it's really and a bunch of little little statistics that are really uncomfortable. One is the number of women who are getting killed. So women are getting into the fantasy life. The girls are getting uh, locked into the fantasy life as well. And, uh, you know, the uh, and, and seeing women as commodities in that game, you know, this is what you get if you get a lot of money, how do you get a lot of money? It's a dope game. And it's, uh, I have a show to Mir Baraka, and he described when he came out of that fantasy life uh, after he got out of prison. And it's a reality shock that that world, his book, I, I wrote the inscription of the forward, is The Streets Lie to Me. Yep. That's a heavy one, isn't it? I it like is, that. but it's true. Title, the actually. Streets Lie. That's, that's a perfect phrase. So, look, what can the new superintendent, interim superintendent, do? Because I, I, I don't know how anybody's willing to get on board with anything she has to say in a major way to reform anything until they decide on who the new superintendent is. So it seems to me like we're back to more treading of water. Am I wrong? Well, I hope not. I hope she can do some good things. I hear very good. My friend Al Mims called me up and uh, said she's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm, I'm open. I'm really open. And, you know, that she can make some fundamental uh, changes. You know, let's start with NOPD. And what do we have to do? You know, you have to patrol straight. You have to follow through. You have to gain street credibility. The community has to buy into what you're doing. Uh, and, you know, again, I don't think it's a flash dance. I think it's, uh, it's uh, how, do you, how do you regain the trust of the community? How do you regain your intelligence uh, effectiveness? Know who's out there in the streets. How do you, and, and again, the thing you started the show with, what do you do with the, the 400, you know? And that's the way the mystery of the profession. Somebody texted you know, in here, you, Peter, and I got to ju- interrupt sure. for a second because it no, angers no, no, me. No, for please. the love of God, talk to people from the actual community are closer to it than you two because your conjecture is laughable at best. Whomever this is, tell me why the conjecture is laughable. Because if you got a plan or an idea, I'd like to know what it is. But to just criticize what Peter has to say or what I have to say is something else. So instead of just running your mouth with a text, if you've got a plan, text it to me. Tell me what it is. Because I don't know what we're saying is wrong. I really don't. Um, one question I do have, uh, though, is as far as the police buying in, I've been in situations where an interim general manager has been named, and it's hard to get people to buy any, any buy into any substantial change, and I think that's universal because it's like, well, look, I don't know if you're going to be here or not. Before we change everything up, let's see what the company decides to do with the real person. Is any NOPD going to be up against that? Well, there's always something, some piece of that. But I think, uh, you know, Michelle has announced she wants to run for the uh, Super Bowl for the real job, the long-term job, and let's see how she does. But, again, what does she have to do to make a dent, to show people that she represents the future, not just an interim, uh, you know, uh, part? And, and, and that's going to be difficult to do. Uh, in, and, again, with 270 murders, what are the programs and what, are the, what do you need to do? There's some obvious things. Okay, one, 
you got to build up the manpower. I think that some of the accountability things that Fausto Vachado, Caslon, and Linder have done are good. How do we continue the accountability initiative uh, for the uh, police department? Uh, how, uh, how do you turn from a reactive stance to a proactive stance? So to sort of begin making inroads in those areas, I think is, uh, would be great. And that'll help the city and help her. Uh, you know, but it's uh, it's a long ride. We didn't get here by accident. We didn't get there in a minute. You know, this has been a long time in coming. And for somebody to take over, especially as an interim, is unbelievably difficult. But it's sort of, you know, what are the things we can support her in uh, that show that we're back on track? We are way off right now. See, somebody texted in, and I think this is a good text, and I think it's accurate. It may, Tommy, it may be a small thing, but currently I'm seeing minorities in many TV ads identifying with positive family life, hopefully for them to aspire to. It's been lacking over the past decades. I think that's a great point, and I think more of that needs to be done, but it can't just be TV commercials. Let me talk about the problem local. It's not just local, Peter. It's national. Is it not violent crime? Absolutely. Yeah, and you think about Bill Cosby, he was America's father. Remember that till he went to prison. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like uh there's these fantasy cures. You know, we gotta end the fantasy cures and begin to figure out how do we turn the youth culture around, how do we turn the adults around, how do we make a better law enforcement system? How do you get people to buy into that system? Peter, let me take you a know, break here because right. I want to talk to you about the system. Uh, Darlene Casanza, I love her. She does a great job, but she said she can't understand why people don't stand up and, um, I guess, report crime or, or give the police details and say enough. I know Crime Stoppers is completely anonymous. However, for a lot of people in this day and age, completely anonymous is a hard phrase for them to accept. Secondly, the entire system has to work. The police, the DA, and the judges and the criminal justice system to make sure that these people feel protected if they are going to stand up and testify against a criminal, and all of that's not working. So we'll pick it up there. We come back, 851, 9 till 9, traffic now on WWL. All right, 855, back with Peter Sharf. Peter, I'm talking about all three part, uh, parts of criminal justice working together. And look, um, again, it's easy to say come forward unless you live in that neighborhood and you and you try dropping a dime on your neighbor and you don't know if they're going to be on an hour if you don't know what's going to happen do you no and that's where integrity management is so important and things we've attempted for the last 20 years here in the world have done a pretty good job on uh you can't have uh uh, your police officer tell their girlfriend or tells their other boyfriend uh, who they're looking at, for example, and uh, and somebody gets killed. And then he expects people to be transparent. They're not going to be. They're going to worry that they're going to get snitched off. Uh, and, you know, so you got to be so careful in a lot of these things. And it's easy to look at radical reform, change everything without uh, remembering the basics, which are the police have to be the trusted source. And I think one of the things uh, Michelle um, Whitfork is going to have to do is regain trust. It's like uh, 
when somebody loses a boyfriend or girlfriend, how do you get them back? That's where we are with the law enforcement right now. People are not buying. They're just not. Let's be real. Uh, and, uh, and, and again, you can get so absorbed in, in catching the bad guys, quote, and, and not remembering that the key, you go back to Peel in, the, in England in the 1820s, the clapper is how to get people to rally to the clapper and, and go catch the people who need to get caught. So winning the community may be job one. It sounds very unspectacular, but in the end, maybe the most important thing. Uh, I don't think anybody believes right now in the criminal justice. We just had a failure year, let's be real. Uh, and then how do we get it back? How do you restructure it? And, and that's where uh, Chief Superintendent Woodfork has an, a very difficult job in front of her. And again, until the permanent superintendent is named, uh, I'm thinking not just buy-in by the community, but buy-in by the department on that because somebody texted in and said that, um, and look, I don't know if this is true or not, somebody texted it, take it for what it was worth, but that the mayor, um, something about was making a, a political move because mayor's playing games, Woodfork was on a drop program to retire. I don't know if that's true or not. But I guess what I'm saying is until a permanent person is made, can you really expect buy-in by NOPD or can you really expect that much change? And that gets me back to where we started about treading water because I, I don't know. Tell me, Peter, because I, I just don't see anything change well, until the new – Yeah, I know you're right. We used to call those folks the summer help. Exactly. You know, uh, an and that's not an disrespectful. That's not disrespectful no, no. to her, but it happens in every industry. Right, and an old cop came up to me and said, "Don't worry, the summer hope will go home soon, and we'll we'll get back to running it." And I think that's true, as you say, just said in a lot of institutions. So, how do you stabilize uh, this organization right now and this system so that people believe it's going to be there tomorrow, and also it's going to be effective? And until you do that, uh, and that that's got to be uh, her prime objective is to stabilize the bleeding and, and restore trust. And that's going to be uh, the, the objective for anybody leading NLPD. The other thing is Thank you. I appreciate your time. We'll be back. WWL. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.